What's going on, everybody? It's Groove Nuke with Illinois. And if you'd like to further support the Illinois media team and what we do for the culture, here are a few ways we can use your help. You can follow us on social media, download the Illinois app, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search Illinois with a Z. You can buy merchandise so you can lend us help a hand by donating a one-time or monthly contribution. To donate, visit illinois.co slash donate. That's I-L-L-A-N-O-I-Z-E dot C-O backslash donate. We thank you for supporting what we do because without you, there is no us. Yeah, man. I understand that we're getting trapping all day. I understand that we've been robbing all day. But one part of the day, you got to cut on Illinois Radio. You're now tuned in with Illinois Radio with your host Vico, Illinois Jones, and Pretty Riot. Turn your radios up and spread the noise. Illinois Radio, Chicago's most valuable radio show. I'm your host Vico alongside Pretty Riot, Illinois Jones. And as always, y'all already know, we bring you all the illest guests from around the city and globe. And today we got the homie Cam Jackson in the building. Thank y'all for having me. I appreciate it. Welcome. Welcome. You invited us to your spot. Yeah. Now it's only right you in our spot. Yes. So, so sincerely appreciate it. Hey man, man, listen, I just want to shake your hand. Yeah. Because uh, that fool was fucking amazing. Bro, and, and then what I like about it, too, you were taking feedback mm-hmm. as we were eating it. And I can tell you used that feedback. For because sure. I went back last yeah, week yeah. with the noodles yeah, and the sure. rice. Yeah. I ain't, I'm not emotionally attached to the food, bro. Shit, just tell me how you feel, and shit, I aim to please. Man, you know? that that shit is off yeah. the chain. Now, for mm-hmm. those for those that don't know what we talk about, we talking about Kodo Hibachi. Okay, it's a new Hibachi spot that recently opened up, probably like a couple months ago. Okay. In January. In January. Yeah, late January. So earlier this year, and mm-hmm. already, man, we got a chance to go out uh, and, and check it out for before the grand opening. So yeah. we got like the pre-opening, um, and and yeah, we got a chance to check it out. Food. Delicious, my brother. Appreciate um, that. I mean, can you break down a little bit uh, a Kodo Hibachi for those? Um, what you mean, like what it is? Like, yeah, what it is, and, and um, of course, like wh- how the idea came about. All right, so what it is is like a fast, casual, um, brick and mortar Hibachi restaurant, and basically the idea came about. Um, so I go back and forth to LA all the time for work, and um. They got this food truck out there. If you know, if you be in LA, you already know about Benny Hibachi or whatever. They got the food truck, and um, they used to be open till like three in the morning, and uh, we used to always go there, and it was good because um, LA food. I, no disrespect, the foods out there just really don't be on nothing for real. <laughs> it be like you know, so many hit or miss, you know. So when you find something, we gonna. De- you know, dig it into the ground, just go all the time. So we used to always go to the food truck. And I'm like, man, we don't got nothing like this at home. You know, like, if in Chicago, if you want to get hibachi, you got to go either downtown, you got to go South out Southern, here, yep. you got to yep. go Tinley Park, you got to go um They got one in Orleans, west. too. too. Yeah, Orleans. Yeah. But just... The suburbs in general, the outskirts, and it wasn't really nothing in the inner city besides Benihana and besides Rana Japan. So the way we looked at it was, when I was a kid myself, um, we used to always go to uh, 
Hamada all the time, you know, and my family, I, we ain't live out there, but we used to always drive out there. So it's like, dang, we driving 20, 30 minutes for this food. It's good, you know, but nigga, driving 30 minutes. minutes right, just to eat. Yeah. And then you, know you got to wait another hour. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got to sit next to some family that you don't know. Don't know. You know what I'm saying? Then some nigga trying to square sock in your mouth. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And then somebody like try to throw some shrimp in your mouth or something <laughs> yeah. like that. You know what? Sometimes you just want to get the food, you know? Yes. Yeah. And, and that's where we came in. It was like, um, me and my partner, Kaylin, um, it was like, nah, bro, we need to do this. And so, because he was living in LA at the time. So I would just come and stay at his crib or whatever. And we would always just go. And we was like, nah, bro, we got to do this. And the crazy thing is, we was in college. We went to college together. Mm-hmm. And, um, our idea was we want to bring a Harold's to our college, which was Mizzou, because the food down there was trash. So it was like, nah, bro, we need to bring a Harold's down to school. And we never ended up doing that, but we ended up doing this. So I just feel like the idea manifested itself in something different. Then for me in particular, Asian cuisine is just like in my family because I have a um, Japanese grandmother. And so, yeah, <laughs> it's just my whole family is blazing. And so, like, yeah. Because that wasn't going to be the next question. Yeah. <laughs> I was nah, for the Yeah, somebody could, you could say whatever you want, try me. I got a whole family that's behind me that's going to back it. Like, so it's you know always, so your coach, so you you say ablation. Yeah, my I'm not personally, but my family, my grandfather, um, my grandmother has always been my grandmother my whole life, rest in peace. She was always my grandmother my whole life. My grandfather got remarried before I was even born. So I was born in 89, he got remarried in like 88. So I grew up into the world having a Japanese family, a Japanese grandmother. I grew up having three grandmothers, you know what I'm saying? So I got my mom, mom, my dad, mom, and then my grandfather, current wife, who was always his wife my whole life, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, um, but I never looked at it nothing. That's my grandma, like, you know what I'm saying? Because I never knew nothing different. So then my cousins, they all, they're the ones that, I'm not Japanese myself, but my family, like, it's like not blood, but it might as well be, you know? Because right. it's all Yeah, that's how you know. know. I was born in it, not like sworn in it, like, you know what I'm saying? Have that's you experienced, I, outside of like the food, have you experienced any of the Japanese culture? I mean, hell yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> I have a whole grandmother, bro, like, who was, 411 we used to always wear kimonos and like do all type of traditional things and I come to the house she watching Japanese soap operas and like you know what I'm saying the food not even just that but just the culture in general like I've never been myself but you know shit my whole family you know it's, it's so many of them mm-hmm. that's dope man so Mizzou can use that Harold's though. Yeah, it can. <laughs> and somebody got to do it. I ain't going to do it no more because I got my own, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, somebody, it, it can use it, but somebody else got to do it. Somebody got to do it. One of y'all new kids that's going down there, y'all could uh, take that on, but <laughs> I ain't, nah. What was your major down there? Journalism. Mm, journalism. Yeah, interesting. For sure, yeah. Hold on, hold on. And what? And, okay, so you went from journalism, now you're an entrepreneur. A serial entrepreneur. A serial that. entrepreneur. Like, did you do anything? Nah, so (laughs) it's a crazy story, bro. Like, my freshman year, when I went to college, it was, um, it was, it was just a crazy period in life in general because converging media was changing, as I'm sure y'all know. Like, print was dying out, Mm -hmm. which was, you know, magazines, newspapers, whatever. And so my whole thing was, I wanted to be, um, in uh, hip hop journalism, okay, you know what I'm saying. I wanted to. My dream at the time, I wanted you to write for Double XL. I wanted to write for Double XL. Like that was like my goal at the time, you know. But 
I was realizing like um, what was going on at home. Like uh, this was 09, this was pre, this was 08 really. This was like pre Chief Keith, pre Louis, pre all of that. So you like got Bump J. And yeah, LEP. Bump, LEP, Kanye, Twister, all of that. And it's like, I'm in the middle of nowhere. I'm in Columbia, Missouri. You know what I'm saying? Where it ain't really no culture that's could compare it to where I'm from. You know what I'm saying? And so historically, any time period where it be like violence and stuff like that, the creativity follows. And so when I was in school, I knew because at that time, all you saw from Chicago was just like, oh, the killings and the numbers. I'm like, bro, the music gonna follow. And that what was uh, being presented to the masses wasn't necessarily an accurate representation of our culture at that time. Not like, not saying like the Lupe's, the Kanye's, the Commons, the Twisters, the Bumps wasn't like, uh, archetypes that existed but overall the real culture in the streets that was happening it was youth culture and you know youth culture drive music always it's, it's a young man's sport so I knew back then like bro it's only a matter of time before we get a hundred superstars I knew it was gonna be like this and you could ask any of my friends everybody I told them like bro we're gonna have it to the point to where the 59th hottest nigga from Chicago can take care of his family and sustain his like life off music and it's like that now like you know what I'm saying it wasn't always like this bro like back then you couldn't even make money off music you know unless you was doing a show or literally selling CDs hand in hand it wasn't no streaming it wasn't like was you know it? that didn't exist it so wasn't. it just changed What's good? It's your homie Everyday J. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Groove Nuke, and me and my guy Everyday J is teaming up to bring you guys ill sounds for you. From the up and coming artists to your favorite artists. Only thing better than this see his Granny Sunday's dinner. And she'll even be listening to this. So before the Sunday dinner kicks off, tune in to ill sounds every Sunday from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. on the most valuable online radio station. Only on Illinois Radio. Yo, what's good? It's the one and only Illinois Jones, and right now you're tuned in to the dopest thing that hit the street since. It's crack cocaine. We got Cam Jackson in the building. So before we went to break, we was talking about, uh, you know, you going to school for journalism and um, you you seeing what the city is became back then in 08. Mm-hmm. What, what, was, what was your love for music like at that time? Well, I always loved music. Like, um, so when I was growing up, my best friend, Josh, um, he was signed to a record label when we was like 10 years old. He was like on some Bow Wow, Lil Wish type shit, like, you know? And um, that's an ultra deep Chicago reference. If you're really from Chicago, you know who Lil Wish is, by the way. That was the guy but, that, that was the um, first guy to rap on house tracks, right? I don't know, I couldn't even tell you, maybe. <laughs> I just remember he was just like a, a heartthrob kid rapper back then, like, uh. you know? And, um, so Josh was signed, and I was basically like his manager at ten. You Hello, know, you what was saying? his manager. You at was the manager 10? at ten. Basically, there's Hold no count. Like, bro, we on fucking 79th Street, passing out CDs. We in a studio. We doing shows. He doing shows with like famous artists and stuff like that, opening up for people. Like he had like a real deal, real situation. And I just always loved music. So, see, my my best friend was a sound artist and I was always with him so it just kind of like became that and I promise you I'm doing the same thing that I do now when I was at 10 years old I promise you same, yeah. doing the same thing bruh that yeah. 
wow, uh, that's some Diddy shit. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. I want to take it back to journalism a little bit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, around the around the time Chicago music started, like spiking, mm-hmm. do you feel journalists was covering Chicago in the best way? Um, no. Uh, but at that time, honestly, like it wasn't even what you kind of alluding to, or Lord, I believe that you're alluding to. At that time. It was damn near no coverage on Chicago. Like I said, it was really just Common, Kanye, Twister, Lupe, and Chief Bump. Keith, and and Bump had already kind of like messed it up for other artists from um, his situation with Atlantic. They wasn't really trying to come sign street Chicago talent at that time. So the prospect of all the street Chicago rappers getting on was kind of like... Uh, slim to none because of his situation. You know what I'm saying? They was like, oh, that's a bad investment. Like, just purely from a numbers thing, they're like, nah, we're not going to do that. So, at that time, it took for Chief Keep to get all that money for them. That was like the next investment, and that was like a long gap. From, yeah, yeah, it was. A, from very the long time gap. Atlantic signed Bump J to the time <laughs> like, Chief Keep got signed, that was probably like 10 years, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, seriously. You know, some some astronomical figure of years, but yeah, so... Um, um, I went into journalism class, bro. It's like you know the little one on one on one class. Like they had the, the teacher. First thing he said, he was like, uh, "Bro, I made like sixteen thousand my first few years or something like that." Mm. And he was like, "If you in this for money, this ain't for you." And I was like, "Bet." <laughs> Period. Did, did you walk out? Or I might you? as well have. I mentally walked out at that point. You know, I didn't physically walk out, but I mentally walked out at that point. It was like he told me everything I needed to know. Like, um, I definitely wanted to do hip hop journalism at that time. I really thought like, cause at my house I had like a still to this day I got like a big um, tub of Double XL magazines. Like I used to. Do, Read them, and I was like a huge Lil Wayne fan. I remember the day Wayne got like the um cover of Double XL, and that was like huge to me. My mom was like, "Damn, you really been up on dude for like ten years, and now he yeah. gonna cover a magazine and stuff like that." So she knew I kind of like had it, but um, yeah. My point was that at that time, because of the um the landscape of media in general, mm-hmm. like there was no money really coming in except like this was pre-blog era too, bro. You know right. what I'm saying? This was pre all of that. Yeah, yeah. So this was kind of like limbo. Like it wasn't, print was dying and it wasn't really monetizing in the internet space yet. So it was kind of like, damn, what you gonna do? But if I was smart, knowing what I know now, the um, it was the class called Convergent Media at, that I didn't take because I took magazine journalism. So it was like you could have, at, at Mizzou you had focus at energy journalism school you could do magazine newspaper print television whatever i went to magazine but i should have went to convergent media convergent media was just this like podcasts uh blogging whatever just basically the new form of what hip-hop media became yeah Mm -hmm. so if i was smart i would have just stuck with it and you know did my own thing instead of listening to the teacher about the money thing you know what I'm saying cause from that point forward that just took me to like a crazy path in life you know what I'm saying so just seriously because I'm thinking about like the money but mm-hmm. everything ain't not really about that though you that's, know that's true it is opportunities mm-hmm. too exactly. within, like you like you, you just said the media the, the broadcast yeah. the, so at that point it probably was just 16 racks how but yeah. now man how do you feel about media and journalism now, now looking yeah. at it it's great it's great like like you could, bro. We in a room, like you know, 
like you could do anything now, like and monetize it. Like niggas is literally in a basements and making millions of dollars off of media. You know what I'm saying? Literally, like bro, you don't need the barrier to entry is non-existent anymore. You know what I'm saying? And it's all about how you make it. And that's where my head was messed up back then. I'm just thinking about somebody paying you instead of you paying yourself. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like it wasn't even a YouTube really. It might have been back then, but like YouTube was just starting. Yeah, YouTube. like and it, the 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 idea of monetizing it was just so new like and so it, it was just crazy bro like and yeah so I ended up coming home because I knew that the music was um coming and so it was about the star basketball player of Mizzou was from Chicago his name is Stefan Hanna and he was the star basketball player of Mizzou and so um he was like a friend of my business partner and Kodo family and um he was just look out for my partner, Kaylin, and we would be riding in his car with him and stuff like that. He had like the big truck on rims and stuff. He was like the man. He was the star player at the school, so we used to hang out with him. We was freshmen. He was like a junior, senior, whatever. Right. And he put me on Louie because they both went to Hyde Park together. That was like his fr close friend. You feel me? He mm -hmm. we, he put me on Louie. This is like uh, what that mouth do, Louie, though. Not like none of the drill. Yeah, right, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's Literally. Fun. Have, exactly. have fun, Louie. But I'm like, no, this hard. This raw. Like, I'm hearing it in my ears. I'm like, bro, nah, this different. This ain't Bum J. It's not Kanye. It's not common. It's like, you know, what's really going on, what's really representation of like youth culture at the time. So I'm like, nah, this nigga hard. So I came home and basically I just found Louie. My friend, uh, DJ Twin plugged me with him and then I ended up being his manager and this was in 2009 maybe 10 maybe like you know it's, it's merch like my name on the back of uh, his mixtape More Bullshit as an executive producer damn, damn yeah. so that was your first taste of like, being in the music for sure like outside was, of the 10 outside of you being 10 years old man. yeah for sure <laughs> like that was but it was it, it felt the same cause it was crazy right my uh that's really like my little brother, twin. He just took me right to Louis House at the time, I think, or as wherever we met him at somewhere, I think he wanted him to do a tape for him or something like that. And twin knew how I really liked his music. And he like, come meet him with me. And uh Bro the man hand me a uh a USB stick filled with like a hundred songs. So imagine if like Somebody who one of your favorite rappers that you listening to you just hand you their whole catalog of music. Man, Imagine shit. A, of unreleased music. music. You feel me? The man, I, whatever my pitch was that I said to him or whatever, it he worked. just it worked and he just gave me his USB stick of all his unreleased music. Like, bro, I don't even want to rap no more. Whatever you want to do with this, do with it. You feel me? And so I put tapes together from the music that he gave me, and then that's how we started building his buzz up. But he was already signed. He already had like a team, which is dope them like you know and so but at the time Louis just started to because he was like with Fly Entertainment yeah. but he didn't really have a manager type thing so that's when I came in and really took that over so for him personally ground. exactly but at that time he wasn't like the clear front runner but like slowly but surely like I'd be with him and I see people that know him like oh like but before like because my brother um one of my best friends Daryl um he started shooting his videos and so his videos started giving Louis like a visual presence and so where we'll go out in public people wouldn't know who he is but then weeks later we'll be out at the store somebody's like oh there go dude like, you know what I'm saying and you know that's purely just from the visuals coming out you right. know and it wasn't like that before like they knew like I just said he was what that mouth do Louis I knew his music but I didn't know like his like image you know mm -hmm. and so um 
Yeah. Uh, before we get into this break, like when you work with an artist, what's the very first thing you start to look for as far as like developing? Okay. I don't even want to work with artists though. So currently, the but back then, if I was working with an artist, it would just have to be the music. But I, now I don't work with artists no more. I work with producers. Hey, to all the artists out there, if you want your music in rotation, all you got to do is go to Illinois.co. That's I-L-L-A-N-O-I-C-E.co. You go to the website, bam. And then you go to contact, bam. And then you go to radio submissions, bam. And you fill out the form, and that's thing you know, you in rotation. It's Illinois Radio, Chicago's most valuable radio show. I'm your host, Beak, or alongside... I almost called you Pretty Ride, dog. I swear you was. I knew you, you was. was ready. I, was I, I knew you was. No, I was about to say something. I was going to say something. Alongside my brother, Illinois Jones. He was like, brother, Pretty Ride. Yeah, I knew it was going to come pretty out. Pretty Ride is currently covering from the Go Fest, so if y'all out there, say hello to the sus. Yeah. Uh, now, before the, before the break, you know, we were talking, I had asked you about, like, um... What you look for in an artist first when, you know, you link up with them and you had stated that, you know, you no longer work with artists, you work with producers. Mm -hmm. What led to that transition? Um, Personally, I think that's just like a better niche for me. I personally feel like artists are like uh, very ego driven by nature. And it's like just a nature, the nature of the beast. Like you, and if you a dope artist, you got to have an ego, period. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like Producers and DJ and stuff like that are more humbler people, and I think that the way that my personality is, it worked better. Do, do you, period. How? Go ahead. I was gonna say, you know, speaking on ego, in a way, do you also feel like that's why we have talent, we have stars here, but mm -hmm. do you feel like ego get in the way of what actually could be bigger here? One thousand percent. I feel like. Being from Chicago, we broken, bro. Like, just in general, like, we don't love each other. We don't help each other like we supposed to. Like, um, I know this is so cliche. Like, you go to other cities, it just be love for real. You know, like, I feel like, um, and it's so unfortunate. My uh, biggest success in music is with somebody from somewhere else. It's what uh, it's his name is Jew. He from Dallas, and he his uh, producer tag is. And if the beat live, you know, Lil Jew made it. He make all Megan Thee Stallion music and so many other people, Beyonce, Dirk, whatever, whatever. But um, give it to me. Oh, that's my daughter. As y'all hear, we got the kids today. Aw. And one thing I would say, man, Cam is definitely a family man. I had went to Koto Hibachi, I want to say about mm, two weeks ago. Oh, no, about a week ago, I went to Koto Hibachi to grab me um, some food. She's like, I want to be in front of the camera. And and uh, and um, his daughter was working the register. So yep. that's how you know, hey, this is embedded, man. You got to get I'm them started sure. early. This is a family business. Um, so you said Lil Ju. Lil Ju made the beat. Yeah, so like, it's unfortunate that my biggest success came with him and he not from here. And I try to work with so many other people. I mean, I have worked with so many other people. And I take accountability for, like, my being, like, a Chicago nigga -ness, Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, no, just in general, bro. Because, like I say, we don't, the trust factor don't really be there like how it's supposed to. Um, the love really don't be there like it's supposed to. And it, it is in certain spots. I'm just talking about, like, overall. Like, we don't really be... Like trustworthy, bro. Like when it comes to like doing business, I've seen so many examples of that on a major scale. Like that, 
I don't know if I could have done the same thing with somebody from here that I did with bro. You know what I'm saying? That that hurt me. But I hope that in the future it changed. Like, I mean, it's been so many countless examples of success from the city, don't get me wrong, but I just feel like by and large, um, it gotta be like a mentality change, period. What what was the connection? How did that connection come with come you and Lil Ju? Yeah. Uh my business partner in that company, L, shout out my brother L's. He's from Dallas. <laughs> And uh, he lives here. Aww. Give me the bottle. He 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 lived here and he came and went to Columbia College, and uh, so they knew each other okay. from just like social circles and stuff like that. And uh, come on, buddy. And um, they had a relationship and they was both cool and was friends. And when he became getting a little bit of traction with Megan, he called Els and was like, "Bro, what do I do?" And Els and his best friend, or one of his good friends, uh, Keese, shout out Keese, uh, told them, like, bro, you should talk to Cam. Okay. Cam know what he doing. Is Keese from here? Stuff. No, Keese is from Dallas as well. Okay. And uh, I just got <laughs> my Dallas plugs, and basically my partner Els and I and Keese with us, we just kind of, like, took over that whole situation. And this was, like, at the time when Megan had just dropped Big Old Freak, and it was, like, just charting and stuff like that. And publishers was calling him and offering him money and stuff like that, and he ain't know what to do. But it's crazy, because at the time, me and Els had, Els had just got a studio and music garage, and we used to go there every day and just watch YouTube videos and listen to music and study music publishing and study this business. And so when it came time for Jew, we knew exactly what to do, bro. So I, I wanna I wanna ask you though, uh-huh. because you said he it was a time where he didn't know what to do when he had these public you know, people sending him money to do the beats and yeah. what to do with it. So for artists out there, I mean, producers out there that get in a situation like that, what's some things that they should do first? Step one, get an attorney. Step one, get you an attorney. Not somebody that the publisher connect you with, neither. Your own personal attorney who got your best interest at heart. Step two, I mean, create a team. Create some people that you trust, that, that you could. If you not smart yourself or not educated yourself, if you don't want to read books or educate yourself, find somebody who is. But if you do want to educate yourself, read all the all you need to know about the music business by Donald Passman. I repeat, read all you need to know about the music business by Donald Passman. That book helped us do everything. Period. That interviews and you know what I'm saying that just helped us learn and navigate turning Jew first offer to a five figure offer to a seven figure offer, which we ended up closing. A seven figure offer. You know what I'm saying? In six months, seven months. Damn. It's crazy. I know. From a book. From, I'm, just, I'm just saying like from, from, from reading the book. Yeah, you know? the knowledge that yeah. we got from that book, definitely. Like they was offering him stuff and we just knew to keep turning things down. And we knew the value of the the intellectual property that he owned, period. Love the body that you're in. Self-care is the best care, and it's a must that you let your soul glow. Whether you've had a long week at work or you're overwhelmed with college courses or you're feeling the pressure of being a mother or a wife, I can only imagine what it's like juggling all four. No matter what you have on your plate, always take time for yourself, girl. And when you do, make sure to book an appointment with Unique Tattoo Removal and Aesthetic. Unique Tattoo Removal and Aesthetic specializes in tattoo removals, body sculpting, black doll facials, butt 
enhancements for my thick girls. Skin tag removal, hydrofacials, cool sculpting, micro needling, cellulite reduction, and hair stimulation. So remember to love the body that you're in. And while you're at it, follow Unique Tattoo Removal and Aesthetic on Facebook at Unique Removal. And follow them on Instagram and TikTok at Unique underscore Tattoo Removal 22. Do not wait to book your appointment because you deserve to spoil yourself right now, baby girl. So give her a call at 708-580-9881. That's 708-580-9881. And tell her that Riot sent you. Yo, what's going on? You're now tuned in to the dopest thing that hit the street since crack cocaine. You got my boy Cam Jackson still in the building with us. You heard? Yeah. Before we went to break, we was talking about um, you hooking up with the Dallas producer, Jew, mm-hmm. and um, creating some dope things and doing dope things. And you also, during during the break, you showed me the, uh, the uh, certificate for the Grammy win. Mm-hmm. Um, the production company you got. What's the name of it? It's called Fair Taste Co. It's really a management company. Um, more than anything, and it's me and my partner Els, the DJ. It's me and his company, and we manage a few producers. We got Lil Jumay the beat. We got One Hit Wonder. We got Franchise Did It. We got Boom Squad record label. The whole Lil Ju his whole production team. So that's like Pro and Hip Mob and just everybody. You know, we could probably got a few producers. Then just on some. Um, brotherly stuff I help anybody with their work like I still like seasick that's like my brother we be bouncing ideas off each other all the time and um, I just love working with producers bro because I really learned the music publishing business I really learned how to monetize the money from music and that's one thing that I didn't know how to do when uh, I was managing artists I didn't know how to monetize it at the time and if I would if I did know my life probably would have been different you know do you do you know now I just said, yeah, I know, <laughs> bro. I know how to get every last dollar. For if you're a producer and you got a hit record, call my phone. I'm gonna get every last dollar hey, that's owed to you. Period. So I'm gonna get every last dollar that's owed to you. What's some songs that come from from your camp that we might have heard? Uh, what do we got? We got. Big old freak by Megan Thee Stallion. Pretty much all of her hit records, <laughs> minus Savage and what? So. Big old freak, cash shit, thought shit, uh, Captain Hook, body yaddy yaddy yaddy. Then bro just did thick on Beyonce album. That's what we won the Grammy for. Oh, then we was on little baby album. Uh, what's, what's the album? The one that just came out. It, I forgot the title of the album as well. Yeah, no. It didn't. Okay, so it's the one. So it's the one with the hit song "California Green." Yeah, that yep. one, the most mm-hmm. recent one. Yeah, but That's the record joint. on there was the. Um, and hey, it's called. Sh- it's it's called. It's something with Pooh Shiesty. It's the record on there with Pooh Shiesty. That's all I can. I guess all I could remember. Um, no, nah, it's cool. It's cool. Don't worry about it. That's his it's manager. Cool. Is, That's his yeah. manager he's talking to. His, his daughter. <laughs> yeah, she knows everything. But yeah, um. Then we just had a record on Dirk album, same side, featuring uh Rob Fo9. Um man, so many things, bro. Honestly. It's it's so much. I think that was just like the tip of the iceberg for real. I mean we got so much more coming. And I wanna real. I wanna speak a little bit on the producers too, cause it's mm-hmm. like you you work with a lot of producers. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, we were speaking on like artists to producers. What is it in the producers that, you know, not matter of fact, before we, I even say that, how is it working with a, a, um, a group of producers, like if for the producers themselves, do they click like family? Or, okay, because I was going to say, or do you see any mm. type of egos in that as no, well? That's why, bro, I love it. It'd be collaborative effort, period. Like, and I'm really blessed to even be around the level of talent that I be around. I be seeing some amazing things, bro. Like all these musically inclined people. I couldn't make a beat if you paid me, bro, seriously. But I know good music when I hear it. I couldn't make a beat though, and I just so admire them for what they do. But they taught me collab culture. I never knew about producer collab culture, but that, it, we got a good scene here though, don't get me wrong. Like producers here will collab and work together, but I never knew about the concept of multiple people working on one beat before. Don't mm, know that's I mean? an Atlanta thing. They, yeah, but not even. That's a Neptune thing. That's yeah. a Pharrell and Chad thing. Yeah, like they was like you know that's a every that's a Quincy Jones thing. Like that's like a music thing. Really, yeah. music is collaborative historically. <laughs> but you're right. Atlanta do got the with the hip hop with Sunny Digital yeah. and Metro with, with, and 808 with, Mafia with, Southside. They definitely invented young niggas collabing and made it cool for young niggas to collab and work together. TM88 and all that. Yeah. You're 100 right. But it go even deeper than that, bro. Music has always been collaborative, and so I really didn't. Understand that fact until I was in the room and got to see it. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And so, bro, they be going crazy. Somebody do the drums, somebody do the melody, somebody do the tempo, somebody do this, and shit, make hit records off of it, bro. Seriously. And, and that was the original question before yeah. I asked you that, that I was gonna ask. So you answered it. That's why yeah. I'm like, so, uh, you know, so fair taste. Company is. Mm -hmm. Are you all looking for additional producers to add to the team? Um, or how can always, people reach we, out? We always looking for talent, bro. But it's like I don't want to be so big to where we can't give you the attention that you deserve. And right now, I'm spread so thin with running the restaurant and this yeah. one right here and everything, <laughs> bro. You got to be extremely talented for me to want to come work with you. You know, no, I gotta. You got. You got to be extremely talented, and more than being extremely talented, you got to be a great person. You got to be humble. You got to be hardworking, and you got to appreciate what we gonna do for you more than anything. Like all that good talent and all that stuff, that's cool. But is you just like a good person at the end of the day? Because I can't work with you if you just like not a good person. You know? Yeah, same. Cause I'm gonna treat you like I like, bro. I can't I can't have do this shit, and that's my problem. I be going too deep really with the music, and it's like. If we gonna do it, we gonna do it. So you gotta step for me like I'm willing to step for you. Period. Mm -hmm. You know. Now, uh, before I tap back into restaurant, mm -hmm. um, Grammy, we just spoke on. We we tied we tied like tad bit touched on it. How has that Grammy win impacted you all's uh, management company? Um, I would say if more than anything, it just gave us motivation to want to get another one. More than anything. Like, yeah, sure, the prices is up and stuff like that, but that's fleeting. More than anything, it's just, like, validation and uh, just motivation to keep going. We was at the Grammys last or this year. We was like, man, bro, we want to make sure we got a reason to come back. So we come get We just want to make sure we got a reason to, uh, to come back. Mm -hmm. Let's take her out. I think it's hot. Yeah. But yeah, that was that's the main thing, like just the inspiration to um to to keep going. I wouldn't say like you know it's like the major thing that's changed and nothing like that. No, it was just a little plaque and uh, Jew got a medal. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's cool. It's Still back to work. Yeah, it's, period. That's it. That's all. 
Now, mm-hmm. um, you know, we talked a lot about the music. We talked about the journalism. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing that your background is pretty much in the music industry, within the music industry, mm-hmm. my brother, <clears throat> was it challenging for you to go from music to the restaurant industry? Every single day. Um, I'm hiring right now. Is anybody looking for a management position at Koto Hibachi? Hit my phone and you got to be dead ass serious. Like, um, I just... I love to do it Don't get me wrong But I be in there As you see mm-hmm. With my child And I'm in there Behind the register Doing everything Some days And I'd much rather Be in the studio But I know that This is what I have to do To build this company up And we have to be there For the first year Or whatever And I'm naked Like right now I'm six months in So you looking at Somebody that's deep 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 in a process Like right in the middle of it So everything I'm saying Is coming from a place of I'm tired You know what I'm oh, saying yeah. Oh, that overwhelmed. Yeah, I'm six months into it. So, you know, I'm ready to get the other six months out the way. And then that way we could get the systems and staff in place to where it could run with minimal involvement from from me and my partner. You know what I'm saying? So some of the challenges is pretty much like staffing for you right now. Staffing and just having to physically be there because a lot of the music industry is traveling. A lot of the music industry is being in the room. And so... I love my partner Els because he been holding it down for me right now. And Jew and my, the rest of the team, they understand what I'm doing because shit, eventually we're going to get Kodos in a few different places. We're going to get them in Dallas, you know what I'm saying? So they understand what we're doing, but it's just right now, that's the hard part, you know, because I would much rather be in the studio. I would much rather be traveling on the plane or much rather be with my family or something like that, but I'm in a restaurant. You know, but this is another one of my goals, and I'm not complaining. I'm grateful. Thank you, God. But it's just hard to balance it. Period. Revenue wise, you know, you said how you know you you can get you can get a person they sink money all that. Mm-hmm. You if if you're an artist, I hope you tuned in. You know, you can get them their money on the restaurant side of things. Though, is that a little more like liquid cash for you all, or is it a little slower? Still learning process. I don't know, it's funny, bro. Cause like, I haven't had like cash in so long. Like, um, I'm not used to having lots of money in my pockets no more. And so, I be having lots of money in my pockets now, and it be funny <laughs> because like, damn, I ain't had this in a long time. Like, uh, cause with the music, it's all card and you know what I'm saying, yeah, whatever. Digital like in the digital, exactly. Yeah. So the restaurant be bringing in cash money, and it's like the first time I be having cash money. I be like, damn, bro, it's crazy. But I mean, I'm we're learning it. It's definitely doing good. It's definitely a blessing. Don't get me wrong, but it's we learning it six months in the process. You know, six months in, I know it's crazy. Y'all was just. <laughs> yeah. Six Damn. months ago, bro. It was January though. It's colder. Now it's about hundred degrees outside. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. And the love, the love has been there, yo. So many nah, people sure. just popped out, show love. I see a lot of like influencers coming through and showing uh, the restaurant love as well. And that be organic, I promise you. We ain't like going to chasing niggas to pay them or nothing like that. It really just be organic off relationships or just off genuine love. You know what I'm saying? And I really appreciate that too, cause it be the same thing. That's how I feel about an artist. So it's funny because I'm, I market. Excuse me, I market the restaurant like I market a, a rapper. You know what I'm saying? Like, I market an artist. And I told my partner that, like, bro, I got this. Trust me. You know what I'm saying? And so, as an artist, I'm not going to tell you to pay for a feature, honestly, if 
it don't really make sense because sometimes paying for a feature don't really be the best use of your funds. So like that's how I look at um, these influencers. I'm not necessarily going to pay you if it's not organic. Like sometimes it'd be best when the artists are on the same level mm-hmm. and it'd be swapping. You know what I'm saying? That's like at the highest level of rap, people don't pay for features, bro. Like it'd be swaps. It'd be verse for verse. My verse is valuable. Your verse is valuable. Let's put it together. My con- my restaurant is valuable. Your content is valuable. Let's put something together. Like, you know what I mean? And I, that's not to say I'm opposed to like that, but just based on my business model with music, like I wouldn't suggest anybody just go and pay any top artist for a feature because I don't think that's the best use of your funds. I might just press fast forward on your shit and go right to Drake part. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because that's often what happens, you know? And let's be honest, some of these, some artists get big time features and the big time artists don't even promote. Don't promote don't it, don't promote support it. it, don't repost it, don't hop in the video. None of that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so basically, you just spent your money and got your feature and that's that, you know? So, like I said, I look at it like an artist, and it's been so much support and love and shit. Thank y'all for real. What's the what 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 from the from the uh, management company in a restaurant? What gives you the most excitement? Um, I love music, bro. Like I'm sorry, I love music. I've been doing it since, like I said, I was a kid, and it's really my passion. However, the restaurant is important. It's for my family legacy. Like you know, it's something that we want to do. And it's just something that we gotta execute. Period. Like I think you know? it's cool. You got the restaurant, man. Yeah, I think it's, it's cool different. too. Don't get me wrong. And I'm I'm grateful. I'm very appreciative, and I'm humbled by the experience. But y'all just talking to somebody who just loved to be in the studio, and right. so me being behind the register may not be the best use of my brain power. You but know you're what getting I mean? it done. Exactly. For yeah. sure. And and again, like I was saying, uh, Kodo Hibachi is is it's different. Like For it's sure. black owned. It's a vibe yeah. in there. Hibachi spot. You it's know? Cool. I love the I love the 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 vibe when I get when I walked in there, it just felt cool. Like we was just chilling. Yeah, it's a chill you know what I mean? It's chilling. It take the song and dance out of it. You know, it's just love. It's just cool yeah. vibe. And, and another thing, it's takeout. Yeah, it's takeout. I'm, or you can eat there if you want, but I'm not nobody's gonna like, you know, come take your order you just come to the register and get it you sit down and eat yourself but survive it's like Chipotle really you know the Chipotle of Hibachi and it's real dope if you got allergies like me let me know exactly they gonna get you right cause I can't do the nuts and things of that nature they gonna get you right damn (laughs) (laughs) Paul son word to Kim and Mace Paul let it it be known Hey, you you gotta let people know where Ko, uh, Koto Hibachi is located, as well as um how they can stay updated and in tune with you. Cam. Um, Koto Hibachi is located 258 West 31st Street on the northwest no northeast corner of 31st and Princeton, right off the Dan Ryan Expressway going west, like by the Shell gas station. I think that's what that's what make it even more cooler. It, yeah. yeah. What what even before we uh, end things? What even made you all pick that spot? Um, we saw, we saw a few locations, but um, <laughs> I always wanted to. So I seen people hustle in the past, you know, and proximity to Expressway is a major uh, advantage when you hustling. Period. That's like prime real estate. Proximity to Expressway. So I knew I wanted to be close to an Expressway. I wanted to be close to uh. The Dan Ryan, you know, close to wherever we are, cause 
Bro, I got people that come from out west. They be taking them eight minutes to get there because all you got to do is jump right yep. on 290, yep. get right off on 31st, bro. You know what I'm saying? Sweet. Or you on 95th, just hop right on the damn rank, get off on 31st. It's right there. So it was just a main artery. And it's a good neighborhood kind of to where people feel comfortable going there. It's not like a trenchy vibe, you know what I'm saying, to where you got to feel uncomfortable or, you know because people feel comfortable sitting in there people feel comfortable eating in there people who I know personally wouldn't feel comfortable eating on 63rd Street or something like that they'll come there and feel comfortable sitting down and eating so I put that into the, the program you know we just thought like okay we need a location that's close to an expressway in the acceptable neighborhood for everybody to come and it don't feel uncomfortable Damn. you know Dope yeah. spot. That's dope. It's dope uh, as hell. Give out, give out the, the handles where people can follow, uh, and of course, stay in tune uh, with, with you as well. Uh, the handle for the restaurant is Koto K O T O Hibachi H I B A C H I C H I Koto Hibachi Shy. Uh, my Instagram is Cam Siglieri C A M S I G L I E R E, and that's on Instagram, Twitter, whatever else I'm on. And make sure y'all follow. And hold Fit. up, oh. yeah, Fair Taste Code. <laughs> F-A-I-R-T-A-S-T-E-C-O And yeah Shout out to Kaylin Shout out to L Shout out everybody Just love For those that don't know who I am I am Biko It's your girl Pretty Riot I'm Illinois Jones I just want to thank you for tuning in to Illinois Radio Every Saturday from 4pm to 6pm Make sure you guys go ahead and subscribe on YouTube. Search Illinois Radio. Head over to your Spotify, your Apple Podcasts, all of those streaming networks where you can stream podcasts and search Illinois Radio. We right there. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Hit that follow button and uh, stay in tune with us. You have it. We own it. Big peace. See you later, alligator. That's all, folks.